the release of Marco Wilson signifies something bigger, yet familiar. Let's discuss. You are Locked On Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account. Use code Locked on NFL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I hope everybody enjoyed their holiday season so far. Family, friends, anywhere in between. I did take a couple days to, you know, enjoy my family. Um, There's a lot to discuss here as we pivot towards the last couple pages of the 2023 season. Which is setting up just an explosion of everything for the Cardinals immediately following that. Now, while this won't be a Black Monday conversation like was looming over all of our heads over the last couple Black Mondays, everything is going to change. What happened this offseason was the foyer into the auditorium that is the future of the Arizona Cardinals. And it's going to be wildly fascinating how it turns out. It's going to work. Don't know. But one of the phrases that I've coined on this here podcast is the restrictor plate is now off this organization with Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury removed. Sure, Michael Bidwell's still here. Huge contingent of people saying that they ain't going to win with Michael Bidwell as the owner. And I just, let's see. Let's see what happens. Because remember, this entire season, was supposed to look as ugly as it has as of late at times. The first seven weeks were like a fairy tale story, even though they only won one game. This season could be so much different, so much, so many fewer takeaways, and so many fewer things to build upon for the future than there actually is. And with the release of Marco Wilson, yesterday while he deserved to not be on the team anymore 100 didn't play well he was the lowest rated cornerback for a large portion of the season when he was playing i don't know if they were healthy scratches the last couple of weeks knowing that he was going to get released like i know that he wasn't a good corner when he was here he was never drafted to be a cb1 he was never potentially drafted to be a cb2 But when I put on the overlay here, Marco Wilson's release flashback to the past is the reason why I did that. That's everything that we had witnessed with Steve Keim and rookies, at least for the last five years of his GM tenure. You draft players who aren't ready. You put them in to high impact positions immediately without giving the time to learn and grow. He didn't have a bona fide CB1 to play with 
in his two and a half years here. He, there hasn't been a CB1 on this team since Patrick Peterson in 2015 that was worth any sort of merit. And Marco Wilson was just in open water trying to figure it out. These defenses have not been great talent-wise, especially this season. He did have that flash pick six against the Saints where he, you know, flipped into the end zone. One of the best stills in the history of NFL photography with Andy Dalton in the forefront and Marco Wilson going, you know, full Superman into the end zone. It was a good moment. But it was a perfect mixture of he didn't have talent necessary to fill a massive void in the cornerback room. And he wasn't given the opportunity to really learn and grow at a traditional level. Getting, you know, some blowback about that. Well, no, that's not how the NFL is anymore. Should be. It's not sink or swim right away. Take some time. Cornerback is probably the toughest position to play in football. Not everybody's going to be Marshawn Lattimore right out the gate. Not everybody's going to be Jalen Ramsey and Patrick Sertain right out the gate. Just ain't going to happen, especially a fourth rounder who is most notorious for throwing a shoe in a very, very important college football game in Florida that ended up losing them the game because the penalty that ensued after. He was on the podcast after he was drafted uh, with us. Smart, young gentleman, did not cut it, especially because he didn't have the support necessary for him to learn and grow at a traditional level. And he just didn't have the talent level. So... This is just a reminder of what the Cardinals have dealt with infrastructure-wise over the last handful of seasons and what the new regime is doing about it. Isaiah Simmons, gone. Colt McCoy, cut. Marco Wilson, released. Like, if you're not part of a long-term plan, you are no longer important to this organization. And that's, bid you adieu, Zach Hurts. Anybody pick him up yet? They're finding out who their guys are. They're finding out who they will be able to trust upon every week moving forward. And Marco Wilson ain't one of them. I don't think it's a surprise. I just, I just feel bad. Like if you told me like, and the reason why maybe I'm putting, I'm doing a full segment on this for a guy that hasn't made any sort of impact at all over the, pretty much the extent of his time here was this is just, this has been a cautionary tale. And Isaiah Simmons hasn't really panned out too much this year, but it's the Hassan Reddick ghost where Hassan Reddick looked like a bust with the Cardinals, except for the year that Steve Kevin didn't pick up his fourth year option. He ended up having double digit sacks and then going to Carolina for a one year prove deal. And then now his paid, you know, makes all the money in Philly. And it's looked at as one of the best that's runners in the league. I think that that's, I'm a little gun shy to think that, oh, Marco Wilson's not going to just go somewhere and be an integral part. Nobody's saying he's going to be a lockdown corner. That's not this conversation. The Cardinals need cornerback depth. They, there is not one corner on this team, not named Garrett Williams, that should be on this roster next year. Antonio Hamilton has played fine the last couple of weeks. Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson are getting the brunt of the, of the poison coming out of Twitter and elsewhere. They've had to cover up all the holes 
on this defense all year. So I think it's hardly Buda Baker and, and, uh, and uh, Jalen Thompson's fault. So Marco Wilson released. We'll see if he gets picked up by a team. I would assume he wouldn't before the end of the season, but who knows? Um, it is just another personification. Well, he's a person, so I can't really personify. Because personifying is an inanimate object. It's just another clear-cut example of the transition from the old regime to the new. You wish Marco Wilson the best, but I'm here for this transition. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Let's talk about the game. Uh, didn't have a podcast yesterday or Monday. Uh, let's talk about the game. Kyler Murray played pretty well. The team didn't play so well. The defense looks abhorrent. Um, yeah, let's discuss. Next, Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by the Game Time app. The Game Time app is awesome. It makes buying tickets easy. Sports, comedy shows, you know, concerts, whatever it is. Game Time's got you covered. And uh, you can buy tickets sometimes up until an hour after an event starts. They've got these flash sales that just slash prices for a limited time. It's awesome. The coolest part, and I discuss this every time I do this live read, when you go to the app, you click on tickets that you might want to buy. What pops up after you do that on the app? The vantage point of what it will look like if you sit in those seats towards the stage, the court, the field, or whatever it is. So there's no guessing. You don't have to be like, well, I hope these seats are good. The price is good, but I hope these seats are good. You can see what it looks like from your seats before you buy them. So you have optimal clarity before you buy it. It's, it's incredible. Game time's got you covered, man. Download the Game Time app, create an account. Use code Locked On NFL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Okay. You know, uh, Alex Lancy, Locked On Cardinals, please go to the YouTube channel, search Locked On Arizona Cardinals, hit that subscribe button, turn notifications on. Um, The year's almost over, man. And you can read tea leaves. You can be like, well, this player may be back. This player may not be back. This player, this player, this player, this player. At this point, aside from the rookies, you know, aside from Paris Johnson Jr. and, and B. Joe Jolari and Garrett Williams and Michael Wilson, John Gaines, I'm sure will be fine. Dante Stills has played well this year, especially for a sixth rounder. And James Conner and Kyler Murray and Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. We don't know who's going to be back. That's like 10 players. We don't know who's going to be back because you're white. We don't know who's going to be back besides those guys. Isn't that insane? This is going to go from the Cardinals roster floating into the ether to being potentially more grounded than the la than in the last decade. Overnight. It's fascinating to me. And this is no longer a paint-by-number for GM rinse and repeat, knowing that mistakes are coming, knowing that the egomania and delusions of grandeur will supersede rational thought. That's not here anymore. There's an adult in the room. And what this Cardinals roster looks like. 
this is the beginning of it all after this season ends. Now, before a couple games left to play, uh, Cardinals played okay against the Bears. The defense looked terrible. Um, but some of the takeaways, Kyler Murray looked better. Um, the Bears defense had been good. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over. No, you know, terrible throws that they got intercepted like the like the week before. Um, two touchdown passes. One was a little throwback to James Conner, where James Conner just ran it in, just bully balled in. Uh, the second one to Greg Dorch. Greg Dorch needs to get more time. <laughs> I said this going in the Friday, going into that, but the Friday podcast is going to the game. Whenever somebody's hurt and Hollywood Brown was out, whenever somebody's hurt and Greg Dorch gets opportunity, he makes something happen. And he had a great touchdown catch and run. Great touchdown catch and run. I don't know why they don't use him more. I don't get it. Uh, it's a stark reminder earlier in the game, Kyler Murray threw kind of a fade route to him, went up and caught it, got tackled right in the stomach because he's 5'8". Uh, you know, 6'3 receiver would have just probably gone up on his tippy toes to catch it and would have been able to hold on to the ball. So, yeah, you, you take good with the bad with, with the height of these receivers. But, like, Greg Dorch played fine. Kyler Murray looked fine. Okay. Still less than 10 yards per completion. Uh, Twenty. What was he? 24 of 38 for 230 and two touchdowns. These these are the numbers that, even though this is, you know, end of the year stuff, Chicago's still playing for something. They're still trying to figure out if Justin Fields is the guy. They're still trying to figure out what this defense is, you know? And Kyler Murray played fine. He's not going to be a guy that is always going to put up 350 all-purpose yards every week and four times. It's just not going to – he's not going to be a stat stuffer like we'd seen him in 2021. That's not what this offense needs. This offense needs stability and a metronome. And the offense looked okay, you know, and that's probably the best that – probably the best that I can do here. Um, they weren't on the field for very long. Uh, they were only on the field for 25 minutes, 26 minutes, 25 minutes. Um, two penalties for eight yards. So, you know, when you look at, you know, the biggest thing here to take away, it's that they play competent football on the road against a team who is improving. And, you know, that's the biggest takeaway that you can uh, really see. Color fight. Uh, and then, you know, James Conner, again, James Conner's numbers, dude. 100 all-purpose yards and a touchdown. He's got to be a cardinal. This is not something that can linger. Because you look at the rest of the NFL, they all see it. They all see it. So the Cardinals need to... Hang on to what is theirs. And Arizona Cardinal is what James Conner should be forever, for the rest of his career, especially when you're pivoting into this unknown. You need as many stable positions held by players, not only on the field, but in the culture, the locker room. James Conner is so important to this organization. And I'm not saying give him all the money, okay? I'm not give him all, all of the cheese. I'm not. I know he's under contract next year. You don't want to deal with that. And if you want to add more cap space this year, you can fluctuate with that. You can extend. You can add more money. You can transition something to a signing bonus to add more money for free agents and have James Conner a part of this team. I would say add two years. Next year and two years after that, you front load it. You made the last year uh, a, a team option with no money guaranteed after that. And you call it a day. 
people need to not even remember that he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not because the Steelers like, oh yeah, he played for the Steelers, but the majority of his great career was with the Arizona Cardinals. And they need him now more than ever. They're going to need to add running back talent as well to be able to elongate his career. But when he's healthy, he's top 12 running back in the league. They need to they need to maintain that. Now with the receivers, I mean, it, it was a running joke. Like it took what a half for the Cardinals receivers to get a reception. This is it's difficult, you know. It's difficult to not look at Marvin Harrison Jr. and three, be like, okay. Like and, and I understand, and I've been on the other side. I completely understand. Um I just This is going to be something that is very difficult to splice when you're talking about what they should do at the top of the draft in 2024. You take the transcendent talent, sure. Are there another three or four wide receivers going to go in the top 20 that could be close to as good, which would make the Cardinals pivot and potentially draft an offensive lineman or trade down and draft an edge rusher, trade down twice? Like, they could do anything. So I get you know, the Larry Fitzgerald coming. They didn't win anything with Larry Fitzgerald. They didn't. That's just the truth. I'm not saying it was the wrong choice. Larry Fitzgerald, you know, all world, everything, all world, Arizona sports, all world, Arizona Cardinals. They didn't. It's not like they won a Super Bowl. with Larry. They made it to one with one of the worst rosters in the history of football to make the Super Bowl. And they had to bring in Kurt Warner because they couldn't do it. I mean, look at the list of quarterbacks that they had. Throwing Larry Fitzgerald the ball, and he still put up those numbers. I get all of that. I get Kyler Murray being able to throw to a 6-3 wide receiver on the outside. I get that. I do. Um, it's just going to be the amount of implicit trust you're going to have to put in Monty Osford that anybody will because, you know, you don't really have a choice for what's set to be arguably the most pivotal offseason in the history of the team. You may want to look at more than just one option because he could be a great wide receiver. Things got increasingly more complicated after week 16. This tankathon segment next is uh, going to be a doozerama, if I can say that on a Wednesday after Christmas. Uh, this is It's Wednesday, right? This is the time of year where nobody knows what day it is. Until the first of the year, nobody knows. It's like, you know, blind cattle leading blind cattle. Nobody has any idea where anything is and what time it is, what up, what's up, what's down. This is a perfect time to talk about Tankathon Wednesday. Alex Nancy, Locked on Cardinals. I'll discuss that next. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by a Price Picks. Price Picks is running so hot right now. Um, I've never had more fun winning up to 25 times my cheese in my life. Football, basketball. Combos. They have a specials league where, so normally you pick two or more, you pick two or more um, players and more or less in their projected stats. Okay. Usually it's one sport, but now with the specials league, you can do combo sports. So like say there's an NFL game and an NBA game and you want to go on the specials tab and you see LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at 10 and a half with three pointers made in receptions, which is more or less in their projected stats. Like you're not playing against sharps, you're not playing against 
other people you're playing against just the projections. It is awesome. Fast and easy withdrawals. You can use Apple Pay to, to deposit now. It's the easiest it's, and most fun. It takes like a minute to make a to make a uh, an entry. It's awesome. Go to pricepix.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. All right. <laughs> so many things happen. So like, I don't have the stat yet. I need to do my research, but um, the Arizona Cardinals at the end of the 2018 season had no business getting the number one overall pick. San Francisco and Oakland both won one game, if not two late in that season, which thrust the Cardinals up to number one. So now the New England Patriots beat the Broncos on Sunday night football, drops them to four wins. The Cardinals are now sitting in sole possession of the second overall pick. Now, Washington and New England are behind them. The Giants, Chargers, and Titans have five wins. So the Cardinals are most likely going to pick fourth or higher at this point. I'm not sure that. I mean, they have Philly on the road, and Philly needs to prove to everybody they can win. And then, you know, the Cardinals have uh, Seattle, who are jockeying for a playoff position at this point. So it's safe to say the Cardinals are probably going to end the season 3-14. and 14. Carolina looked frisky last week. They almost pulled one off. Um, would have been massive for the Cardinals if they did, but they're in striking distance. Now, why it makes it complicated now is now the Cardinals are in one of the two spots that will be the most highly coveted during draft season because there's at least two quarterbacks that players that, that, that uh, teams want. And if you look around the league, there are 10 teams that would trade up for a quarterback. Now, while the Cardinals will probably find it most prudent to trade down and still remain in the top five or six, so they can still get, you know, one of those top position players while probably accumulating one future first round pick, if not two, depending on how far they have to move down and multiple picks this season could potentially be players. This opens Pandora's box into perpetual growth through the draft. You know, this other side is the Cardinals could draft Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. too. I think the best case scenario for the Cardinals is unless they finish first, um, is they finish second and you've got New England or Washington right behind you. And both of them want to move up to two to draft the quarterback. And the Cardinals can get a pick moving down one spot and then drafting Marvin Harrison Jr., which would be because that would be, I would be all bets are off, especially if it's, you know, a first next year. I would remove my contingency on probably like it not being the most beneficial to draft a quarterback um, or not draft a wide receiver with their top pick, especially if they can draft uh, accumulate future talent. Now, Houston, this is the interesting part. Okay. Um, CJ Stroud's been out for the last two weeks. Case Keenum brought them back against Tennessee in miraculous fashion uh, to get a win. But they lost last week. So they're sitting at 16 overall right now. If the season were to end today. But this log jam is absolutely wild. So with two games to play, there are fourteen teams. 
14 teams with seven or eight wins. 14. That's almost half the league. So if they lose out, Cardinals could be picking top 12. So this is what I was saying. It's like, unless they win the division, unless they win the AFC South, if they don't make the playoffs, that's a win for the Cardinals, especially with how things started. This could have gone cataclysmically wrong if they would have, you know, if CJ Stroud would have been healthy. And obviously you don't want to win this way, but this is just what's happening. And, you know, you've got with seven wins, Atlanta, New Orleans, Green Bay, Vegas, Denver, Minnesota, and then eight wins, Houston, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, um, Tampa Bay, Indy, Seattle, Jacksonville, Rams. And Houston's picking 10th right now with seven wins. So every game, obviously, for the next two weeks, and they've got pretty easy slate. If they don't make the playoffs, it's a win for the Cardinals. That's all. Oh, obviously, it's a win because their pick's better. Before the season started, the Cardinals were projected to have the top two picks. Ain't going happen. So now you look at it with how it started and how hot they were early. And, you know, with CJ Stroud's injury, et cetera, like they're coming back to earth. And if they don't make the playoffs at this point after how they were through half the season, massive win. Massive win for the Cardinals. And that's kind of where we're sitting right now. Um, the conversations will be endless with opportunity, possibility. The mock drafts will be a flowing. Got to finish this season, finish strong, continue to find out who your players are for the future. And if they finish with the first or second overall pick, I will begin to discuss all possibilities. And that includes trading Kyler Murray. I still don't think it's the right move, but it needs to be discussed. If they finish top two, I promise you I will start that pretty much at the beginning of the offseason for the Cardinals. Tomorrow, Louis DiBiase, locked on Eagles crossover. Should be fun. Jonathan Gannon's previous employer. Defense not looking so great without JG. Interesting. I'll hit that next on a crossover Thursday. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. I will talk to you for said crossover Thursday tomorrow.